just to recap, um, last week we did quite a lot of meditation and inquiry into what's going on in our minds. So in the wonderful world of um, thinking in particular, we looked at, although there's much more that goes on in our minds besides thinking, but we looked particularly at thinking and emotions and this whole sort of psychophysical process that happens around um, when we notice thoughts arising, when we notice emotions arising, and then what sort of happens there. And um, yeah, we did a bit of inquiry around that. Does anyone who was here last week want to just share anything in particular that stood out to you from the exploration of thinking that we did? You can remember. <laughs> I think what's allowed to me is that um, actually having a, an experience that if you have a gentle curiosity towards what's going on and and sort of that kind of bring that kind of type of awareness to it, it gradually changes by itself. Mm. That thing that you, you don't have to do anything. Yes. Which is quite a, it's, it's not a common mindset. Yeah, yeah, good. So, yeah, for the purposes of Helen and the recording, Anita was saying that what stood out to her was this reminder that when we bring a gentle curiosity to our experience, what we notice is that it's changing. <laughs> and it does that on its own without anything that we're necessarily doing. And this sort of... Um, well, this insight into that we don't have to do anything, actually. So that's quite important to remember, isn't it? Um, and that's, I'm glad that you shared that, because that's edging into what we're going to start to explore this week. So we're moving into the area of the fourth tetrad around wisdom. But we're doing that through the mind. So in a lot of ways, um, one of the mysterious things about the sutta is a lot of the work happens between the tetrads. So, for example, between the second and the third tetrad, you get this wonderful um, line, you know, uh, sensitive to mental processes and calming mental processes, which other translations are just sensitive to Vedana, calming Vedana. And that's just the process of watching when we bring awareness to physical sensations and our response to them, whether we find them pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Um, we begin to become aware that that's, um, again, that's a process just happening, but that there is a choice then in what we do with that, yeah? So we can either um, react or respond creatively. So we don't have to um, push away unpleasant experiences and crave and grab and pull towards us the pleasant. Uh, we could hold both with greater equanimity and then make informed choices as to what we do. And um, interestingly, the, the beginning of the third tetrad is sensitive to the mind. But we've been doing that already, haven't we? Because all of it's happening in the space of the mind. So it, in a way, the third tetrad, it's kind of pointing at, now look and see where this is all happening. <laughs> it's all happening in this mind. Now become conscious that you're sensitive to the mind. You're, um, you're, 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 we're developing more and more um, concentration. And as we develop more and more concentration, our awareness becomes much more subtle. We become much more aware of 
those even microseconds of what's happening in the mind um, as, you know, oh, there's, there's a cold feeling in my knee. I want to cover it up. There's a movement towards wanting to cover that up. Or, oh, that person flashes into my mind and there's a tightness now around the heart. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking about the things that I want to tell her and, it's, and there's a slight aversion. So we're just, it's like we're, we're looking at the, um, I can't remember what the term is called in film, anyone in the, in the film industry, like just little frames, right. yeah? yeah? So it's like we're slowing down the reel and just looking at each frame. And then uh, the third tetra goes on, gladdening the mind. So there's this natural sense of joy that comes from, wow, this is, it's like, this is what the Buddha's been talking about all this time. It's so easy. It's so obvious. It's so right here in front of my face. How could I have missed it? Which is a bit like your moment there, Anita. And then, oh, okay, steady into that, deepen into that. Oh, what happens when I deepen into that? Oh, I get much more concentrated. So everything starts to kind of... Um, it's like the, the, the practice is building on itself and the energy of the practice is then feeding, the energy that's freed up actually from watching all that, those habits kind of just liberating themselves then starts to feed the practice, practice, practice itself. We become more concentrated and then there's this wonderful line liberating the mind. Yeah? So liberating the mind, I breathe in, liberating the mind, I breathe out. And then you're just, it's like, well, it, it really, I think it should be watching the mind liberate because it's just, again it's not like we're doing anything it's just everything is self-liberating and we're just becoming awake to that process so now we're entering into the territory between the third and the fourth tetrad so I'll just read a bit from the fourth um, just to kind of whet our appetite for what we're going to do tonight One trains oneself. Focusing on impermanence, I breathe in. Focusing on impermanence, I breathe out. One trains oneself. Focusing on fading away, I breathe in. Focusing on fading away, I breathe out. One trains oneself. Focusing on cessation, I breathe in. Focusing on cessation, I breathe out. One trains oneself. Focusing on relinquishment, I breathe in. Focusing on relinquishment, I breathe out. So it's all very sort of like everything's coming to an end and fading away and it's a bit sort of almost like, well, what's the point then? It doesn't sound very exciting. But the language is also quite beautiful if you think about it in terms of habits. Mm-hmm. So it's not, um, in a way what the Buddha is doing is, and you get this quite a lot in the Pali Canon, you get the kind of negative of what it is. Um, so it's not, you know, uh, it's it's letting go rather than opening into, yeah? But the, the opposite is always also there. So when we're watching something fade away, we could ask ourselves, well, then what's there? So if anger just arises and passes, what's the space that it's arising and passing in? We spend our whole lives being anger, completely identified with it, whatever. Just replace anger with whatever your pet klesha is. Klesha meaning poison. So jealousy, pride, um, envy... <laughs> Mm. hatred, um, desire, craving. Yeah, so whatever your pet one is, just replace. I, I always talk about anger because that's my favorite one. Um, so it's like if we're not that, so we've spent our whole lives over-identifying with this mental state, thinking it's who we are, thinking we know what happens when we get caught up in that habit and we just couldn't possibly change that, could we? And we're sort of at the whim of this mental state, yeah? 
And then we start to do the practice and we see, actually, I don't have to do that anymore. It's just a habit. I can watch it arise and pass away. So then the question in this, what's, ha- what's coming in this next tetrad is, well, then what's there? What else is there? Um, what are we? What's actually going on? So that's the question here. It's like, what's, so if what we thought was happening isn't happening, for example, that we're this person walking around with a self, um, we've always been this way, we'll always be this way, this, this way and the other people out there are the same. So if that's not what's happening, then what is happening? What's actually going on? So that's one question we could ask ourselves. And then another question we could ask ourselves, which comes back to what Anita was saying, is um, do we trust that awareness is enough? So do we trust that by cultivating um, more deep, refined, subtle states of um, curiosity, interest, awareness of what's actually going on, is that enough to transform not the thing itself, because the thing itself has always been what it is, (laughs) but our relationship to it, our experience of it, that over-identification so that something else can happen, so that another, something else might emerge, you could say, so that we see into the way things actually really are. That's all very mysterious, isn't it? But it's not, um, it sounds mysterious only because maybe it's new and a bit unknown, but actually it's, it is also quite ordinary. It's quite an ordinary thing to see when you see it, which I have a feeling most people in this room probably have had a glimpse of that. Maybe it was just once on retreat when you were particularly calm and kind of in a space where you weren't necessarily sort of selfing as much as we do when we're in our life surrounded by all our familiar things. So it's that glimpse of, oh, wait. Like, um, I always, I like to think of it as like, we've spent our whole lives like this and then everything starts to kind of go like that and then there's something else there. There's a space there that opens up. There's um. There's a potentiality for something else to happen that's different, that's new. Um, So I'd like us to do a somewhat experiential exercise to get a flavor of this. So um, just backing up now, back into that feelings, the whole um, area of feelings. Because I think this is one thing that Larry Rosenberg just goes on and on and on about which is that everything kind of starts with the feeling, yeah, the the direct, raw, physical sensations arising in our direct experience, be it through bodily sensations, noise, smell, taste, um, sight, or also um, empirical mind, so thinking what arises and passes in the mind. And we did explore that a bit. I don't know if people remember the whole thing with the um, street cleaners. (laughs) It's just so interesting, you know, that we heard this sound and then someone said, oh, but if you imagine it's like the wind in the trees, then it becomes pleasurable. So it's like kind of backing up out of the labels, peeling back the layers and layers of perception and labeling and thinking we know what something is, and just literally coming into contact with the direct raw sensation as it's arising in our experience. Um, 
So I'm just, we're gonna do a little exercise to help us do that because again, that's where it all sort of begins. <laughs> and if we can try and find that space, then we can also begin to see that kind of habit to quickly kind of know, wanna know, wanna decide whether we like or not, want to make a story about it, want to create a whole person around it. So we're just gonna, um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get into pairs and we're going to, I'm gonna set us up um, so that hopefully we're um, in a meditative space. And then what we're gonna do is we're going to work in pairs. So one person will go first and the other one will help them to kind of keep pointing at this, this direct sensation. So the one who's meditating, well, you're both sort of meditating, but the one who's sort of receiving the directions will, um, will just be meditating. You can meditate with your eyes open or closed. And then the other one is just dropping in a question whenever it feels appropriate to drop in the question. And the question is, um, sorry, I'm just, I'm, I, it's not that I don't know the question. I'm just thinking of the best way to phrase it. Okay, so it's what is the raw sensation now? What is the raw sensation now? And so you're just dropping that in whenever it feels appropriate. And then the meditator, when you feel as though an uncooked sensation, something really raw, just in the moment, has arisen within experience, you can just say, here. And then again, when it feels appropriate, what's the raw sensation now? Here. When you feel like you've kind of peeled away the layers and really touched into the raw, your raw experience in that moment. Does that make sense? It's okay if it doesn't. You'll get a sense of it once you do the, once you do the practice. And then I'll ring a bell and that'll be your opportunity to, to switch roles, if that makes sense. Okay, so it's enough to get started. <laughs> I'd suggest people in chairs work together. Um, and maybe whoever works with Helen can also be in a chair so you're on the same level with each other.